uh, I look forward to the day when we've got so many we can't even let them in here. We just got to keep them out there. There's way more kids than that in this area that need to know Jesus. But I'm thankful for those parents that are bringing them right now. Encourage your friends to bring them so they learn. Okay, go ahead and get your Bibles out. Turn with me to Acts chapter 27, verse 14. There'll be some reading today and some summarization. But I want to give you a little bit of what happened with this. I told you sometimes God speaks to me in the middle of the night and um, about stuff. And Thursday night was that night. It really it began to give me a vision that I was preaching in a traditional church. And uh, I was getting ready to preach and they wanted to put up a little skit of what they thought of cowboy churches. And it was not flattering, to say the least, of what they thought of what's going on in some of our cowboy churches. And it made me mad, and I just said, well, I'm just going to get out and walk away and leave y'all behind if y'all don't want to catch on to what God's doing. And God began to speak to me about that wasn't the right attitude, that he's got children that are stuck in... Uh, in, in, in an area that they can't get away from and they need somebody to share the gospel with them because I'm here to tell you and I think our testimonies this morning reveal this God is working today and God wants to work and he's wanted to work for centuries but what has happened is too many Christians have lost the whole idea that God is willing to do miracles God is willing to do a work in somebody's life. Uh, it's like we expect God to take care of us after we die, but between now and then, we'll take care of it. And then we don't want to accept when we see other people doing and seeing God blessed there. I promise you, when Charlotte shares that testimony, or if you go share her testimony about what happened this week, there'd be a lot of people who would scoff at you and say, well, they just misdiagnosed that. They'll, they'll try to explain away what God's doing. But I want you to know, God's here to tell you He's about to do some mighty work and He's doing some right now. And a lot of people are not going to understand it. They're caught. And I said, well, God, what, what, what Scripture what scripture do I use? And immediately it came to me about these, uh, the shipwreck that Paul went through on his way to Rome and the imprisonment there. So I'm going to read some of this and we're going to go into it. And then I'm going to try to relate to you what God shared with me that, that night about this. He said, beginning verse 14, he said, But before very long there rushed down from the land a violent wind called Euroquilla or a nor'easter is what it'd be referred to. And when the ship was caught in it and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. 
running under the shelter of a small island called Claudia, uh, we were scarcely able to get the ship's boat under control. And after they had hoisted it up, and he's talking about a little dinghy there, uh, they used uh, supporting cables to undergird the ship and fearing that they might run aground on the shallows of, of Sirtis, uh, they let down the sea anchor and in this way let themselves be driven along. And the next day, as we were being violently storm-tossed, they began to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. And since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small storm was assailing us, from then on all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. And we had gone a long time without food. Then Paul stood up in the midst and said, Men, you ought to have uh, followed my, my advice and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this damage and loss. Yet now I urge you to keep up your courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. This is Luke recording what was going on because he was with Paul there on this journey. And, and throughout the previous verses, Luke is writing the record of, of what was going on as they began to travel and, and on this journey. And how when they was about to leave Crete, Paul's spirit was telling him not to go, that they should find a place to winter there and not to try to make this journey on at this time of the, uh, of the year in the Mediterranean was very violent storms could raise up. And for 14 days, they were fighting this storm and were about, they were living in fear. They were living in a, a anxiety. They didn't know what was about to happen to them. And they were caught. And on this ship were 276 souls. Some of them were sailors. Some of them were Roman uh, soldiers. One was a centurion, and a lot of them were prisoners bound in chains. And I began to ask God, what, what does this mean to us today? And he said, in my church today, there's prisoners who are bound up and being tossed about, and they're on the way to judgment if they don't realize what's going on. And I began to, to pray about it and think about what's going on, and it began to come to me, uh, what's, what's happening in people's lives is the church used to be strong and, and, and fervent and vibrant and people expecting God to do things and, and they, they believe God, they put faith in God, yet somewhere along the line, we've got to the point where we're being driven around by the storms of the world and, and political correctness is part of that storm Government is part of that storm is they want to force the church to go away that God does not intend the church to go. They want to blow and dictate to you what's going on. But I'm here to tell you this morning, my friend, God is going to deliver some folks away from this if they would just listen to Him. God wants to carry you on His direction in a place of safety. But in our own mindset, just like the soldiers and the captain of the ship, we know best. And yet God's saying, telling Paul, tell him not to go. Tell him not to, to, to head that direction because there's violence in front of them. 
there's danger in front of them. But they decided they would go anyway. And that's what's happening today in our churches. And that's why they, they're scared to hear about God working in another area because they're so used to Him not working in their midst, they feel like He doesn't work anywhere. But I'm here to tell you, God's looking to work in anybody's life that says, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. He wants to work in people's lives. Folks, don't pray for revival. Get in the midst of it because God's already dictated revival. He said, anybody who's called by my name, when they repent and turn to me, he's going to bless you. He's going to revive you. He's going to carry you on. He's going to get you involved in some situation. He's going to do some great things in your life. But you've got to want to be involved in it. You've got to get your mind right and get in that situation and Paul's going to deliver you. Well, guess what happens on over on this next, a little bit later on? They, they get shipwrecked. They come to, to close to an island called Malta, and they see that island, and they've been dragging anchors behind them because the storm was pushing them so fast and so hard. And there were some, so, some of the, the, the sailors wanted to leave, and they were letting the dinghy down. was going to act like it's putting out more anchors. And Paul said, don't let them go because they won't be safe. We all are safe if we stay together. We're all safe if we stay together. We've got to trust God. So the soldiers cut away the little dinghy and let it go. And so everybody had to stay on the ship. That's where God was speaking to me. He said, don't run away from your brothers and sisters. Don't forget them. You need to proclaim to them this message of salvation, and let them know that God is still active and about. And I said, well, where do I preach it, God? My people are on this, on this boat. They're, they're, they're going. I, I feel good about where we're going. He said, they got to know not to turn their back on everybody else, but to consistently reach back and warn and try to carry them with them because it would be easy for us to want to flee and go on and leave them behind. But God's still concerned about all of His people and all of His church. He wants the churches to be delivered. So even when they don't like what we're doing, they don't understand what we're doing, we're to be patient with them and love them and care for them because He's got a message for them too to turn loose. So as the boat ran upon a, 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 a reef, it became stuck. And when a ship is stuck, from my understanding, I hope I'm never on one, and I've never been on one, but when it gets stuck, the front, the bow, is steadfast, but the back is beating around and banging around. I have been on a lake enough to know that my little old fishing boat will get beaten up back there because the front's plowed into the ground and the back's bouncing around. So I understand that a little bit. I wouldn't know what it would be like to be on a ship but anyway, once they run aground, the soldiers wanted to kill all the prisoners because they were afraid they would escape and they would be held in, in, in contempt. They would be held accountable for those that escaped. Yet the centurion, because God had put Paul on his heart, he said, let them alone. And they all began to get off the ship and go to this island called Malta, a place of security, a place of safety for all them to go. My friends, that's the perfect will of God. In the midst of a storm, 
God has a place of safety for you. But what you've got to do sometimes is get away from the things that are destroying your life, where it's a church going the wrong way or whether it's your own life going the wrong way because we all can be bound up by situations in our life where life seems to be pushing you and controlling you and you've got to say enough is enough. I'm going to get free of this and go God's way. i got to go God's way if I'm ever going to find peace and security because a lot of you right here, even though maybe you're not tied up in a church that's, that's dead and dying, you're coming in here, but some of you still holding on to some situations in your life because all your life you've been said, told God is dead. God doesn't do those things anymore, but I'm here to tell you he does. I'm here to tell you he does. He never stopped. He'll continue, and in the latter days, he's going to even reveal it more and more through people's lives. Why? Because it brings glory and honor to him when you pray and you trust him, and he answers that prayer. But there's others around that's going to begin to be swayed. Some of you right now are struggling with what to do in your own life because you look at your life and you consider yourself a failure. You look at your life and you're saying, I can't move beyond this situation. And you're in bondage right now. And I'm here to tell you, you're not if you're in Christ Jesus. You've been set free. And you just need to get right with Him and follow Him and listen to Him because He wants to deliver you from those things. Because, see, all these prisoners who are on their way to Rome and about to be judged and probably be in prison were able to walk around on the, the Isle of Malta and were treated with great respect by these, these islanders who were there. Why? Because God was revealing to them who Paul was. You see, Paul gathers up some brush to bring to the fire. And as he throws that brush onto the fire, one of them old vipers come out, bites him on the hand. Old Paul just shakes him off over back in the fire. So everybody, all these islanders look at him and say, ooh, this must be a murderer. He must be something ungodly. And God's punishing him even though he escaped the sea. God's judging him right here. So they began to set their eyes on him and watch him. You know what they saw? Nothing. Nothing. They saw Paul walk around and continue to do what he did. Never got sick. Never wavered. Just kept right on doing Then they began to say, hmm, there's something special about this man. God's using this man. So they began to come to him. And God allowed him to lead and share Christ with those islanders to change their mind. And they began to, to take in all those souls who had been discarded by society. And I'm telling you the truth. That's what all churches should do. We should take in the discarded. We should take in the brokenhearted. We should take in the weak and lift them up and encourage them. We could help them make, be strong. We should take in those who have lost all hope in life. We should be a place of sanctuary, folks. 
to protect them. We should never get so high and mighty that we're above what God's called us to be. The church is to be a place of deliverance. And it shouldn't be tossed about by the world. We've been empowered to be over the world. I talked about that last week, that, that God has put all things in subjection to man when we're right with God. And when we're in sin, that breaks that. But in Christ, we are set free from that. And we should take on this world and take on these addictions, take on these problems in, in people's lives and say, come and be a part of what God has for you today. And for those who don't understand it, don't be harsh like I want to be and just say, just go ahead and go your way and I'll go mine. I've got to learn to be patient with them. I've got to learn to, to, to wait upon them to see what I've seen. I've got to encourage them to stay with us and to go because we all need to go together because that's what's going to make the world strong. It's what's going to make the church strong again. You see, even though some of our churches are, are debating about what's right and what's not and, and, and what fits their theology, we need to encourage them. If your theology is not wrapped up in this book, it's man's theology. We don't walk by man's theology. We walk by God's theology. What is theology? He said, don't throw these big words at me, preacher. The study of God. Ology is always the study of. Theo represents God. Godly characteristics come from him. The only way you will ever know that and have right theology is when you study who God is and mimic that and mimic him. And that's what a church has got to be. We don't need Congress to tell us how to act. We don't need presidents to tell us how to act. We don't need conventions to tell us how we act. We need the Bible to tell us how to act. We need the Bible to set and dictate what's going on in our life. We don't need your doubts or your fears to dictate who we are. You need God to tell you who you are. Folks, we've all come from a past. We've all got things in our life that we may not be proud of. But you know what? The day you bow down and you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, and you humbled yourself, and then you rose up. You were a new creature. You were a new creature. So don't go back to who you were. Keep going in who you are. Keep moving forward in who you are. And, and, and get rid of these chains that are holding you on. Because see, what's happened to the church is too many people have come in there and sat there, and they've held on to the, the things that limit them. They've held on to the addictions. They've held on to the struggles. They've held on to the doubts that they've been taught. They've held on to the misinformation they've been taught. And it's pulling them down. And the church has lost its way. And yet God has raised up some people. Part of it being the, 
the cowboy churches, part of it being motorcycle churches, part of it just being some non-denominational churches. Whatever it took, God's raised up some churches. He said, because I want my people who are called by my name to repent and to come to me. I want my people to know who I am. Because if my people know who I am, then the world will see who I am. And that's what our task is here today. But the only reason I know why God wants you to, to know that, because to me it was a message that needs to go out to other places, is because some of you are living in bondage. Some of you still holding on some things you've been taught your whole life. And you're, you're struggling with doubt and you're struggling with fear. And you're not for sure about God working miracles. Well, maybe, maybe he worked a miracle in a few people's lives, but he's not going to work one in mine. I'm here to say he will if you'll let him. He'll provide for you just like he would Charlotte or anybody else. Some of it's miraculous healing. Some of it's through surgery. You're not even supposed to be here for another surgery, Bubba. You should have died three years ago. Some of you don't know Irwin, but he's got two lungs that don't even belong to him. They belong to somebody else. His was no counsel. He threw them away, gave him somebody else's. And he's been doing well ever since. A miracle. A miracle. God's still working these. But folks, he's just begun. These are these are kindergarten stuff for what he wants to do. It's kindergarten. If if God can speak it and the whole world reacts to it, then how much more can he do than heal a blockage in the heart or set you free from something? How great is your God? We're just saying he's an awesome God. He's more than awesome. He's unbelievable. We can't grasp who he is. So he's more than awesome. Just about the best word we could come up with for a song. But God is God, and there's no other one like him. And there's nothing he can't do. If we would just be submissive and let ourselves go. And encourage our brothers and sisters to come out of the bondage. Get off that ship that's sinking and about to be torn apart. And get over there on an island where you'll be free. First of all, wouldn't been in this situation if we'd listened to God to start with. Some of you are in situations right now because you didn't listen to God when you should have. But that's all right. He hadn't given up on you. He said, I've still got a place of safety, but you've got to respond to it. You've got to get off that ship that you've held on to and begin to follow me and stay with me and go with me if you're ever going to truly be set free. Paul walked around on Malta doing all kinds of miracles after that, healing sick, spreading the gospel to a group that had never heard it. And eventually they did sail on, and he appeared before Caesar and was eventually put to death for his faith. But you know what? All the way along the journey, 
he was doing one thing. Preaching Jesus. Preaching Jesus. Until God took him out. And I promise you, when Paul left, he didn't leave in fear and trembling. He lived in joy. He left in joy and excitement, knowing where he would go. He wrote to his son Timothy, he said, For me to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because I know where I'm going. So Timothy, whatever happens to me, it'd be all right. I'm ready to go. I've run the race. I finished my course, and I'm prepared. Are you prepared? Or are you still holding on and still got some bondage on you? Are you still having some doubts and troubles? And, and, and you want God to work, but it, it, little doubts in your mind. Well, put it away. Because I'm telling you, God has heard your voice, and he's got something special for you. But he's got something special for the rest of those churches that may not understand what's happening here. But they're going to, some of them are going to see it. And they want to come out of it. They're going to wonder why. Why is this church growing? Why is this church doing something when theirs can't? See, I talked to a preacher, and J.C., you went to that church down there at Avenger. He called me about that revival, and he said, oh, you know how it is, Brother Dwayne. You try and try and try, but you can't get your church growing. I said, no, I don't know how it is. God keeps reaching people every day, bar none. Why? Because he's got people there that want to know him. He's got people that trust him. You see, the reason churches won't grow is they've already decided they're dead. They're just waiting for the heart to quit beating. They look around and they see people dying, going to hell, and they're okay with it. And they've walked away from it. Well, we've got ours. These would be the soldiers on the ship that begin to say, hey, we've got safety. We'll just go on without the rest of them. Could be like the sailors that got in the little dinghy and wanted to go off. We're worried about us and not everybody else. But you see, there's a comparison there that they were selfish and self-centered. And that's when churches die because they quit worrying about the rest of the folks around them. We got a lot of things going on, a lot of things planned, from handing out water and lemonade to popsicles to having concerts to after-school program. Caleb working with a scouting program that's going to be going on this September for boys to teach them about the Lord, teach them some outdoor crafts. We got senior adults that go do things all the time. We have, you name it, we're doing something. Why? Because we want people to know Christ. We want, I want them to know the God I know. Do you? Are you ready? They look around and see things going on out here. They'll see play days happening. They'll, they see you just having a good time. They see you catching fish and feeding fish to people. Well, why are y'all doing all that? Why not? God provides. 
God takes care of us. We'll preach the message. Some will respond and some won't. But my God is still alive, and I'm not going to stay in some dead ship that's breaking apart. I'm going to get off and go to an island and experience what God wants. And that's what they did. And that's what we can do. And I think God's speaking to some of y'all today about something in your life that's got you in bondage that you need to get rid of. Only you know what's going on in your life. So only you can deal with that situation as God's laying it on your heart right now what to do. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head, take off your hat, remove your pride, remove your self-reliance. Why don't you just remove self and look square at that throne and say, God, God, I want to know you. And I've got all this baggage and I've got all this bondage and these doubts and fears that's hindering me. I've got all these past things that I can't get beyond. And I'm ready to dump them and leave them and let the world have them because I'm going to go with you. I'm ready to walk with you and see you and I'm ready for you to change my life, Father, and grow my faith. Father, I'm ready. I believe you can do it. My spirit's strong, but the flesh is weak. But I pray that you'd take my life and do something with it. If you've got that on your mind, you've got that in your heart, and you just tell God, Amen, you agree with that. Then you get up from there and you go on, and you be all that God wants you to be, because He's going to show you some great things. Because we're going to go there together. We're going to help one another and encourage one another not judging one another, not forgetting one another, but realizing that all of us are sinners saved by grace. And we want to have a church that reaches out to people and provides a sanctuary for them. So God, you do whatever you need in this group here today. Cleanse our heart and our soul to make us used by you. And then we'll reach out to our brothers and sisters. We'll reach out to the lost so that they can know you. And may you be blessed and honored through this. And I ask it in your son's name. Amen. I don't know. I try to be obedient. I don't try to say I'm any better than anybody because I'm not. This thing scared me so much, and he got to laying so much on my mind, I had to tell him to stop.
and I wished I hadn't have. Because he stopped. And yet there was so much more. But at the moment, I was, I was in fear and trembling of what he was laying on my heart. And the only thing I can say why God uses me is because I've grown in my faith to a place where I've allowed him to. And I want to be that servant like Paul. You see, I bear a responsibility for every one of you. Because whatever I teach you, it better be truth. Whatever I teach you, it better be right. Because I'm going to be held accountable for what I teach and preach. And that's why I can only trust Him, because I know I don't have the ability. But He does. But I know what he's told me, and we're going to see some mighty things because of you and your willingness to follow him. Everything God's asked us to do this year, we've done. We've added a second individual God's provided. We've redone the in here, paid for, poured 86 yards of concrete, be paid for as soon as Goldie writes the check. But it's paid for. We're going to sponsor a couple concerts to reach people. We've been asked to do so many things. I got a text last night at 9.30 from a classmate wanting to know about the after-school program, if we're going to do it. And I said, yeah, we're waiting to hear back. She said, when you get them, can they do this for me? wants them to be involved in the fall festival and do some coloring. On the park board, I've already talked about getting the schools involved in sponsoring some things. And doing. So God's just opening the door wide open in this community. And people are looking at this church to do things for them and be involved in that. Why? Because you're not dead. You are alive and they're needing you to help them. That's why Jessica Ragland said, y'all just put it on your calendar every year. As long as she's involved, she wants this church to be involved in that rodeo. Jody, I got a feeling you and I are going to be asking October to put together a chicken stew because they've already hinted around. With this thing called Omaha Cares, their fundraiser. We may have to recruit some workers to, so me and you can just supervise. In October, there'll be a fall festival. Jimmy Till and his group will be up there cooking funnel cakes, giving them away. Caleb's already ordered materials so we hand out. I've already talked to the president of the Park Association. You will get the best spot available. Then you'll be involved in a, the parade and Christmas deal. Why? Because God's opened the door for us to be there. Why? Because our community needs Christ-centered events. 
And when you let a preacher get involved in stuff, it will be Christ-centered, not worldly-centered. And I've got people that's there that want that. Most of my people we deal with are in churches, and they want Christ to be presented, but they don't have a group that will do it. But I know we will, won't we? Why? Because of you. Because you're willing to help and do things. And I thank you for that. So it's going to be good, folks. But if you have dealt with something this morning, don't back away from it. You deal with it and let him set you free. Because I need you. And I need all of you. I don't need part of you. I need you strong to go with us. Because when God delivers you from something, He'll use you to teach somebody else to be delivered from it. Whatever sin, whatever struggle, whatever addiction it is, God said, I can use you if you'll let me deliver you. And I'll use you to deliver somebody else. So, there it is, folks, all in a nutshell. Got a visiting preacher coming next week. We're sitting right back there. He's going to visit from back there up to here. Caleb's going to preach next week, and I'm going to sit back and listen. I bragged on him last time, so I'll see if he can, if, we'll see if he can come up with two in a row. He got good blood running through him. He'll do a good job. I'm proud of all of us, what we're doing, because the future's bright. Okay? Do you serve an awesome God? Are you going to do what He tells you? I mean, if you serve an awesome God, you better do what an awesome God tells you to do. If you don't, you're pretty awful. God bless you. Y'all have a great week.